Thanks for tuning in to the Flip King CEO, flipping your business, flipping your life. Whether you're a beginner or seasoned entrepreneur, we are looking to help you grow your business and better your life with real-world examples, tools, and tricks for your daily business and good old-fashioned motivation to get you to the next level. We're here to see your business grow to fit your lifestyle. So grab a pen and notebook and get ready to grow. It's the Flip King CEO Show. Now here's your host, Joe Evangelisti. I appreciate you being here and I appreciate you being on, Mark. You know, like I said, I'm super humbled to have you be a part of our podcast and be a part of it. You know, we talked about this whole piece. I mean, let's face it, me and you talk about passive and cash flow and we Mm -hmm. talk about this stuff constantly, right? Sure, 100%. Yeah, so, you know, I'm sure we'll get to talking and we're going to get on tangents about a bunch of other stuff. (laughs) You know, I want to give folks that are listening, of course, you know, a couple minutes (coughs) on passive income and maybe related to some of the people that, you know, I think the fact is that I think passive income and cash flow, it's a term and it makes people feel uncomfortable that maybe that don't have a lot of money. But the fact of the matter is like, you don't have to have a lot of money to start having that mindset and to put some to work, right? So I think that's kind of the one fallacy I want to, I'd like to just kind of talk about just right off the get-go. Yeah. I mean, the question is how much is a lot of money or not a lot of money, right? So I think if you play that game, you're always going to be in trouble. It's kind of like donations, right? Well, donate 10% when I make a million dollars. Well, that's Mm -hmm. not going to work. If you can't donate 10% when you make a hundred dollars, how the hell are you going to donate 10% when you make a million or a hundred million or a billion? So same thing with creating residual income. The truth is it's actually easier when you have less money because you have less opportunities. <laughs> and I'm not saying yeah. that in a goofy way, but a real way, like you have less things to like look at and less what, you know, you want to protect your capital and, you know, you want to be a proper steward of your money. So to me, I mean, it could be investing into a business. It could be investing into an asset. It could be investing into marketing. To me, those are good residual pieces. And again, there's a hybrid, right? Residual active, residual passive, or residual of a little bit of hybrid of both. So I think mm-hmm. getting clarity on like creating that passive residual income, how do you want to create it? What's your gift? What's your goals? How much are you working with? And a lot of times too, Joe, people don't realize that they have access to a lot more money than they do through self-directed IRAs, solo 401ks, old 401ks, et cetera, right? So they have access to way more money typically than they ever thought they did. Oh, 100%, 100%. And, and, you know, like I think that what you said at the very beginning, which was so awesome, is that when you have less money or in your mind mentally, you think that you don't have a lot of money, that's Mm -hmm. when your opportunity is there because- not only that, you're going to hustle for it. You're going, to, you're going to be smarter about where you're putting it. You know, you're going to be more thoughtful about the process. You're going to build it up better, right? Some of my best passive things that are now in place when I look back from 10 years ago are the things that I was meticulous about how I built them. And now right. they're completely, you know, 100% hands off yeah, because yeah. I built them that way 10 years ago, you know? So sure. I look back and I'm like, man, I would have never built them that way if I was in the position I'm in today. I would, I'd have been kind of lazy about it, right? Yeah, I think a lot of times people are, you know, they're just excuse makers. We know that to be a fact across the board. So, you know, if not now, when, if not this much, how much, you know, so like you said, though, it took you 10 years to create passive income sometimes. A lot Mm -hmm. of times people are in the instant, you know, set it and forget it and do nothing. Unfortunately, that's just advertising. That's not reality. You actually still have to put the thing in the the oven. You have to actually push the buttons. You have to actually not leave the house because the house is going to catch on fire if you do possibly. And you actually have to take it out. So you don't just forget about it. You actually do something about it. So same thing in passive income. There's a lot of opportunities in active and passive income. Yeah. I wanted to touch on something too. Like, you know, again, there's a lot of haters out there that say, well, what's 100% passive? Is it really passive? Is it really active? Do you have to work on it a little bit? Do you think that there are 
levels of passive or do you think that there's a cut and dry line between it being completely passive completely active or do you think that there has to be a, a definition around that i think the definition around it is in our head so yeah. i don't know what it means what the hell are you doing all day if you're sitting around and you have 100 grand a day coming in is that active or passive i don't know but i would be actively trying to figure out how to make more passive income so sure. i don't know what it means and you know what's the purpose of generating more active income or passive income you know again people are so worried about like the end result, they're forgetting the best piece of this whole process is the process, is getting oh, involved, yeah. learning about it, you know, understanding what's going on and how it works. The truth is you gotta understand money. That's the piece that you gotta get active on, understanding how money works for you, because we're very good at understanding how we work for money, right? Yeah. Wake up, brush your teeth, take a shower, go to work, drive through traffic or whatever you have to do. And people do that all day long, but yet they won't spend an hour a day for the next 30, 60, 90, 120 days to learn how to turn active into passive. And mm -hmm. even understand how this money, like money's a powerful tool as we know, Joe. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and you got to get it to work for you and you got to get mm -hmm. it to work at all levels, which I love what you said at the very beginning. Like if you're not getting it to work now, I don't care what level you're at. You have mm -hmm. to have something working for you. I don't care what it is. You know, whatever you have the availability of to get to work for you, whether mm -hmm. it's a savings account, whether it's a checking or a mutual fund or something, <laughs> something sure. basic to start. But you have to have that mindset of money has to be working for you at some level to where you can eventually build it to another level. Right. Right. And we're yeah. constantly starting at this level. We're trying to figure out how to move things to different levels and then start to create larger passive pieces and, you know, numerous passive pieces and things like that. But for the folks of us that are watching right now, that all they have is a nine to five and they've never done sure. anything passively. What are the kind of things you think they could get started off to get them, you know, in the business? Yeah, it's a great question. I think starting a business is always a good passive income. You know, mm -hmm. 18, 19 months ago, I started a list company, as you know, Joe, a media company. And, you know, it's very active. First 20 months or whatever, first two years, let's say, will be an active role. Only spend about 10 minutes a day in it. But on it, I'm thinking about it. I'm, you know, driving, you know, pieces around it and all that. So to me, that's a very high level passive piece. Once I've involved and invested, I think starting a small company, something small, heck, you know, Gary Vee always talks about going out in your garage and or your neighbor's garage and pulling all the junk out or your closet or whatever and selling it. That's active. But it was you could build a business yeah. around that and create passive, get a 10 percent dig off of everybody in your neighborhood or whatever. Yeah. So maybe your gift is technology. Maybe your gift is working hard. Maybe your gift is implementing. Maybe your gift is, you know, understanding the big vision or whatever. I love I love like, you know, doing small notes. Like if you're in the beginning and you have 100 grand, you know, do a note. Get asset, mm -hmm. collateralized, right? Because we're not talking about risk tolerance either, right? There's different levels of risk tolerance. Like you mm -hmm. and I, if someone said, hey, here's 100 grand. If someone called us and said, hey, you know, you got 100 grand, let's do a deal on a property. We already know what that means because we've invested, I'm 22 years in it, you have lots of years in it as well. Mm -hmm. It's like we understand the risk tolerance or levels are very minimal based off of blah, like first position, 100K, 12%, let's go, or 10% mm -hmm. or whatever. So how do we, like, again, we can analyze that deal in a microsecond. So the average sure. person, though, is like, but we understand money. We understand the velocity of it. We understand how to push it. We understand how to, you know, manage the risk tolerances and what we're comfortable with and or not comfortable with and go all in. But, Joe, like we've posted and talked about a lot of times, too, people at our level, once they start going, we're so actively creating income, we actually forget passive income exists, too. So if yes. you have a lot of money or a little bit of money, sometimes we forget that as well <clears throat> because it's like, oh, it's more of a distraction because now I'm making too much money. If I'm going to invest 100 grand, why don't I just invest in my business and make, you know, 500 grand? Well, cool. Why aren't you doing that already then? 
right? So yeah. it's like, well, yeah. well duh, because we actually, we're not supermen. <laughs> we can't do everything. Yeah. So taking yeah. that hundred grand and the truth is from my experience and I've experienced this myself is I used to say the same thing. And then I started pushing hundred grand here, hundred grand there or whatever. And then it got up to a lot of money. And then all of a sudden the residual really starts cranking out. Because yeah. for guys like us, it's like, oh, so, you know, $1,000 extra a month. And again, I'm not saying this in a demeaning way, but that's not going to change or affect our life in any way, shape, or form now. But back then, when I was starting out, $1,000 a month was a big deal. So, yeah. you know, as I'm growing my passive income streams, you know, through business, through real estate, through notes, through things like that, those kind of infrastructures that allows me to have my money and people working for me um, and coming back in many levels. So I think if you can get a 12% first position note, people should be jumping over you know, the walls to get this stuff. Absolutely. And just to touch on what you talked about just here a second ago, a lot of guys, these self-employed people, I see them constantly, we're reinvesting back in our business and it's a downward spiral <laughs> for a lot of solopreneurs or, or small sure. business people because they're living out of their own business checkbook, right? And, and oh, I'm dangerous. guilty of it. I did it for years, right? And, you know, especially those that are less than four, five, six employees, you know, you think that your business checkbook is your life, right? Because your Dang business yes. is you and you're not yeah. separated, right? So by the time you get to a point where you grow to a level where you separate those two things, mm -hmm. you're still moving money in between them. You know, the business needs money. Let me pull 50 grand out of my checking account, put it in the business. Mm -hmm. You got to get to a point, folks, where you're separating those things and you're loaning the business money and you're yep. charging an adequate interest rate <laughs> back to yourself. Because guess what? They're two separate entities. And that's interest that you're due yourself. You're, you know, there's no reason if you're paying an investor that money, business is paying an investor. Why wouldn't they pay you? You are an investor. Yep. That money gets, Mark, we've talked about this. I mean, you know, it could be, you know, some big businesses, you wake up one day and find out you have millions of dollars of your own cash invested in your company and you're not getting any interest on it. That's oh, insanity, folks. I mean, we see that, it that's every the day. definition of insanity. Yeah. We see and it we every do. day. I mean, in all businesses, constantly. this happens in yeah. all businesses. If you're in the supply chain business, like if you're producing anything and you have real hard asset cost, hard cost, if you will, like there is money outlay. So it's coming from somewhere. It's either coming from internal funds, bank lines mm -hmm. of credit, private investors, or your personal yeah. money. You know, a lot of times, and again, this is how I grew my company and I wish I would have done it differently because I'd have way more money today is I just kept my personal money in there and stopped, did, never took a salary or anything and sure. just let it grow and let it grow. And the business is getting bigger. Business is getting bigger, but I wasn't getting bigger financially. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what happened is it creates this kind of conflict, if you will, where until you stop it, and like you said, we're paying investors, we're paying other people. Why wouldn't we pay me and then put that money right back in and then create a note, if you will? You yeah. don't have to pay yourself. Say if you take 10 grand a month, I'm making these numbers up, but 10 grand a month or 100 grand a month, whatever you're pulling from your company, and you don't need the money, just create a note for that 10K. And now you're owed 10K. It's on your profit and loss and or you know your P&L or whatever you want to call it and or whatever you're worth, your net worth, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then, but you're going to create another Absolutely. residual cash flow stream. So let's sure. say if you're charging 12% for simple math, your $10,000 just became $100 a month residual income. Mm -hmm. And you've done nothing different <laughs> except run it like a business. That's what you've done different. It, it's insane though. That really is like level like 201, 301 stuff for some yeah. people. It's a mindset shift for business owners that it's like a concrete wall trying to get this information through to a lot of people, right? Because we talk to them and, and it just goes right over their head. They're like, why would I do that? It's my business. You know, that, that shift, it seems like that's really next level stuff for a lot of business owners. That I mean, do you find, I know you find that because we talk about this all the time. Yeah. And I would ask the same question, maybe a different way. It is your business. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do it? <laughs> yeah. Like, 100%. because it's not you, it's your business. Like this mm -hmm. is the difference. This is how I always know people that are business owners or 
want to be entrepreneurs. It's easy to say I'm an entrepreneur. Everyone says it, by the way. So it's not really a cool term anymore, even though most people don't know how to spell it. But what happens, (laughs) I was good at that. That's what I'm saying it out loud. But uh, what happens is, you know, when you're a business owner, you run it like a business. It's real simple. There's not, the secret is in doing it. So everyone's out here, you know, oh yeah, I read a book and this and that. Like, cool. Like, are you implementing it? I don't care if you've read a million books. If you're not implementing anything, like, you're still not an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs have to make big decisions. And Joe, like it took me years, years to do what I'm talking about. Like for me, I felt like I was always stealing or robbing from my company. But with that said, also when I was pulling money out of there as it was my personal piggy bank, I was robbing from the company legally. And sure. uh, it was so silly. It really, it cost me millions of dollars for sure. I know for a fact it did. <laughs> And guys, those of you listening and that don't understand the dynamic here of this relationship, right? It took me years to do the same thing. And I hired Mark to be my mentor, right? And it took him years of telling me, Joe, you need to do this before I finally had the balls to go do it. And so I probably saved and shaved 10 years of learning by listening to Mark, but it still took me time to, you know, how long did it take you to tell me to pay myself before I finally started taking a salary? Like, how long did it tell you, you know, before I started loaning my business money and getting interest? I just started doing that 18 months ago, you know, and God knows how much I gave my company before I started taking track of it, you know? So, you know, folks, this is real, real stuff that, you know, if you really start paying attention to what you're giving back to your company and what you could be making interest on in that, in that note, it's real money. You know, again, it might be a thousand bucks a month or two thousand bucks a month. And for some of you, you might say, well, what's the point? Well, the point is when it becomes fifteen, twenty thousand a month because you're not keeping track of how much you're really sure. socking away and you're not paying attention to it. Then it's real money. It could be a difference of buying a different business or buying another ancillary or buying something else. That's another passive income stream on top of the one that you've already designed, right? And now you have yeah. the third one. So it really could be a big change because of one little process that you implement, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too for you, Joe, like just the audience listening, you know, I know we're talking big numbers and I know for a fact you can create 100,000 a month plus passive income with mm-hmm. active involvement up front, of course. So I'm not saying you do nothing and make 100 grand a yeah. month unless yeah. you have $10 million and then you deploy it at 12%, you make 100,000 a month. And there's people watching that definitely have access to that capital. But also Mm -hmm. for the people in the beginning, like I was, like I grew up small town, Ohio, very little money, didn't understand financial literacy, but I started learning like what money, how money works and how money works for us. Like literally who's talking about like, you know, family reunion or whatever, like, it's they're Oh, my job, my job, my job, as opposed to like, how does my money make me more money? How does my money go get a job for me? How does like, it's, we're talking about money. We're talking about yeah. like the difference is, is one's working for you and one you're working for it. And what yeah. I found from my experience is there's always more money than I have time out there <laughs> and I can't outrun it. So how do I get working? How do I get it working for me? And mm-hmm. again, guys, this could be a hundred dollars extra a month. It could be, you know, a hundred dollars. You have to make a hundred dollars a month before you can make a thousand to make 10,000 to make a hundred thousand. So the things that you'll learn through that involvement and process are very powerful and sit down and ask yourself, I turn it, Joe, we talk about this. I gamify this kind of stuff for myself. Because if not, you focus on the wrong thing. You're focusing, oh, it's only $300 a month. So you minimize the activity. But instead, like, how do you get a free car every month? Mm -hmm. If you make 300 or 400 a month or whatever, how can I create enough passive income to pay for my car payment that I don't have to think about anymore? That's 400 a month, let's call it. So now you're like thinking about the cool stuff and the benefits of the 400 a month, not like, oh, it's only 400 extra a month. Yeah. Most people, if they want to make 400 a month, Joe, they say, how do I work an extra 20 hours a week or 20 hours a month? 100%. 100%. We're thinking, how does the money make us money? Sorry. 
no, no, I love it. No, I, no, I love it. I love it. I love where you're going. And I think the point is, though, to getting back to where you said at the beginning, it's simply a mindset shift, right? right? It's just all it is is trying to think about, you know, forget about the dollar figure. I mean, obviously, the dollar <laughs> figure is important, but it's just right. a matter of gamifying it. It's a matter of making that mindset shift of I need my money to start working for me. Money can work for me. I think a lot of people don't realize money can work for them. What's the point of making money if you're not going to put it to work for you? And that's, well, that's the concept of what we're talking about here. Right. Well, the truth is it's doing something for them. It's either working for them or against them, right? If yep. your money's sitting in the bank making 0.001%, it's working against you because inflation's more than that, right? Sure. So your money's depreciating sitting in an environment like that. I just had a talk with a buddy of mine. I've known for, you know, whatever, good buddy. And he has a decent amount of money in his bank account. And he's, I'm like, dude, why are you not in passive environments? Well, worst case scenario, this and that. I'm like, dude, you've been saying that for 10 years. What's going to change? Like, you don't need 150,000 sitting in the bank doing nothing. And for worst case scenario, what the hell are you, what are you planning on doing? You know, yeah. like, are you running yeah. from someone or something? Like, and not only that, like there are liquidity factors in cash flow. Like you don't put a hundred thousand out and it never comes back. Ideally, mm -hmm. there's a liquidity process and it could be quick. It could be 30 days, 90 days or what, just know the rules again, back to the rules of money and how it works and what your tolerance is. Like, I don't see myself ever needing, you know, a million dollars in the next two seconds. Like if I need that, that would be, that's a whole nother conversation, but passively, you know, that money is meant to be put out in the farm and work for you. It needs to be harvested. It needs to be nurtured. It needs to be growing. Like think of it as the farmer planting the seeds. You know, once a quarter, you're looking at your, your financials. Is it growing? Is it shrinking? Is there a deadline? Is there a timeline? Like, am I getting this money back? Because a lot of the stuff we do is real estate, right, Joe? So the money's coming back in three, six, nine, 12 month increments. So do I have a lot coming this quarter or a little or What's in the future? Is there bigger opportunities to take this money and place somewhere else? Or am I comfortable and happy with this individual we're doing it with now, for example? So there's a lot of variables in all this stuff. And again, this is, it's not so passive now, is it? <laughs> it's like, 100%, well, man. stop watching Games of Thrones and start learning about money. <laughs> yeah, and you're right, man. I mean, if, if people would spend, and you said it a, a little while ago, spend one hour a day, spend a half an hour a day. Guys, I talk about reading and investing in yourself. People think you have to read a whole book cover to cover, like you're going to oh. lay down for eight hours on a couch. Guys, you can read for 15 minutes a morning and take a lot of this stuff in. Yeah. So I did a quick list, and I'm sure you have a lot of your own things too, but like, just passive income ways. You know, I started with like something as simple as a side hustle. I know you said mm -hmm. Gary Vee talks about going out, you know, Saturday mornings, hit some uh, yard sales, pick up things, sell them. I put side hustle that you can automate. So think about it passively, guys. You want to build a side hustle that you can hopefully automate so that it can become passive, right? So building a business that eventually you can become the visionary CEO you can walk away from, the business becomes passive the day you can pass it off to people that can run it and you can still make an income off of it, that becomes a passive business. So right. when you're thinking about a small side hustle, think about things you can automate. There's so many ways in technology nowadays, you can get assistance, you can get employees, you can get virtual assistants. There's so many ways you can build small businesses that can be automated. I think that gets missed, the boat gets missed so many times nowadays. Everyone wants to get a high paying job instead of finding ways to create themselves a way out, right? We should be right. building businesses, not building jobs. And I see yeah. too many people building jobs, but you can build a side hustle that makes a couple hundred hours a month. Like you said, pays for a car payment while you're working your full-time job. You like your Absolutely. career. Nobody here is trying to tell you to convince you to go quit your job, right? You can have a side hustle that's passive that makes you money while you work your career. I think Joe, real quick, if I could expand on that, I, yeah. I think, yeah. listen, you know, I think 99% and I'm not trying to kick anybody in the nuts here or punch them in the face or teeth, but I bet 99% of people here that think they have a business probably doesn't have a real business. 
Because what we're talking about, even our side hustle could be our real business that we're in. And maybe we're playing so small that we're not thinking how to like let go. And the real simple factor is if go take off 30 days and see what happens to your company. If it survives mm-hmm. and thrives, you have a business. If it dies and dwindles and you know sustains and just starts gradually declining, you have a high paying job. It's probably making well, decent money. But the next question you should be asking yourself is who do I need to put in place? Who can I hand this off? How can I delegate and or delete and or grow like inside that environment? And the truth is my real estate company is my side hustle now, Joe. Truth. At 10 o'clock, typically, I go from 10 a.m. to 10.05 a.m. talking to my team, listening. I'm not even talking. I'm listening on a huddle, and they're telling me stats, numbers, blah, 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 where we're at. My original hustle became my side hustle. Now I'm out building other businesses, too. And, Mm -hmm. you know, build the business and create jobs. Don't create a business and create a job. Like, we want to create jobs for other people inside of a business model that allows it to be successful. That's so super, there's a lot of people smart. out there like that. Sorry, Joe. Yeah. No, smart word, man. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. That was so succinct. What did you say? Say that again. Build a business that builds more jobs. Say that Build again. Build a business that creates jobs. That's, I mean, that was awesome. Because, I, I mean, the simplicity around that, but the fact is so many people build what they think are businesses and then they're afraid to hire. Yep. Right? Isn't, it's an anomaly that's just so crazy to me. You know, they get to a point where they think that they're on fire because they're making money, mm-hmm. but then they have no support around them. And they're mm-hmm. basically working five different jobs at the same time. And they're working 150 hours a week yeah. and they're making a couple hundred grand a year and they think that they're on fire and then they own right. a company and they call themselves CEO, right. but they have nobody around them to support them. That's not a business. Well, they're playing business. They're not being business. Yeah. You know, listen, yeah. it's easy to play business. Go get business cards made up, go set up an LLC, go get a fancy cool office, get your mugs and your hats and everything else. Hats, by the way. But once you're (laughs) doing business, once you're doing the business and you're in business and you're actually creating jobs, like if you don't have staff and you don't have or cash flow that works without you, like you don't have a business, period. Like you can fight it all you want. But listen, at the end of the day, I don't, it doesn't affect Joe and I either way. You're going to die. What do you want to happen when you die? Do you want cash flow still rolling in? I hope so, because now you're creating legacy. That's why everyone I talk to wants to leave a legacy. You can't leave a legacy if the buck stops with you. When you die, the money dries up. So 100%. the passive pieces, guys, again, how do you, again, gamify it? 400 a month. How do I get, okay, 100 a like Whatever the number is. Take your spouse out on a date. for. That's the first. How do I go on a date for free once a month? 150 bucks a month. How do I pay for my car payment every month without working? 400 a month. And then before you know it, you're going to wake up with three or four grand a month coming in. And you're like, holy cow, this is real. And then now you're, you're kind of, because you gamified it. Now all these pieces just start adding up. And then, you, you know, a year, two years, three years, depending how active you are on the passive piece, you know, you're going to get to a whole nother level where now it's 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month, 30 grand a month. And if you don't think that's possible, that's okay. But it is. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't have to and, do and it necessarily. You- Mm-hmm. And the wealthiest people in our country have multiple streams of income. They've built multiple streams of income. And they're not, it's not because they have seven jobs, right, Mark? It's because they've <laughs> built seven or eight different passive pieces, folks. So again, it's a mindset piece. They've worked on something. They've built it until it became passive. Then they moved on to the next thing. They built it until it became passive. They added another thing. Then they made enough money where they were able to start investing in new things that could become passive. So maybe those things were ancillary businesses. Maybe they were buying other businesses. Maybe they were partnering and joint venturing with more businesses, or maybe they started writing notes to their business, starting writing notes to other people, started investing in other companies. 
But right. you have to start at the very bottom, which is the mindset of making money work for you. And then when you wake up after, you know, 10 years of doing that and grinding on it, you start to find that you have more money to do bigger things and you start to leverage it in more ways. That's how you end up having seven, eight, nine, 12 passive streams of income from different directions, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I can just get name off some like books. I'm not saying books are gonna be a big passive income stream, but it could sure. be all my book profits yeah. go to charity, but that's a passive mm-hmm. income stream. You know, your podcast shows what you're doing. These ultimately become passive environments because anything passive work once get paid forever or work sure. once and get paid for a determined time frame. There's ways to do that. So, right, Joe, we'll be here for an hour, let's say, for example. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, this might get viewed a million hours. So mm-hmm. where can you work for an hour and get viewed a million hours? It's like leveraging time. You can do the same thing with money, by the way. That's why I'm just, it's an easier way to explain it. And yep. then, you know, you know, I do things called the deal-a-thon. I have the DM family. Mm-hmm. I have cash flow real estate. I have cash flow notes. I have business building techniques and everything you're doing, Joe, like everything we've talked about every day. <laughs> like literally... Mm-hmm. I think about everything on this level, meaning like, okay, great. I can make this much if I'm active or I can make this much if I'm passive. Depending where I'm at in my life and days or financial situations, I might want to be here or I might want to be here, right? So many people are so worried about getting 100% of everything, even though it's this small, as opposed to 20% of this level, but it's massive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, And it becomes a balance of time, effort versus, you know, where you can put yourself, right? So like you said, a lot of people invest 100% of their time in trying to make a little thing work where they might be able to spread themselves out, but make a bunch of little things work without any type of effort, right? right? So it's just a matter of where they want to be and how much, you know, you want to put into it. Yeah. And you have a lot of viewers younger and, you know, whatever. If you guys are in the tech world or app space, like creating apps that make people's lives easier could be a very lucrative passive income stream. You don't have to go. I I recommend not raising money, going out and raising big amounts of money. If you're brand new, find a solution to a problem. And if the problem and the solution are big enough and you know, they can get real results, like you'll make an amazing amount of passive income because the app, once it's set up for the majority part, it's rolling and now it's creating real income. If you have an income model. And then Mm -hmm. if you don't, you got to figure out how to grow that and build that. But then you could hire people as it's making money to help you Make the app better, stronger, tighter, you know, whatever. And sometimes good enough is good enough. I see so many people, Joe, trying to make everything great. It doesn't have to be great. Sometimes good enough is good enough. Yeah, guys, you got to take action while you're in the process of thinking and then building. You got to continue to move forward while you're building. Fail, move forward, fail, move forward. That was the Apple model for years, guys, right? They never really perfected it. They just kept moving forward. And then finally, they got better and better and better, right? So you got to fail while you're moving forward. The one thing that I always look at is, are you creating value in the space? whether it's an app or whether it's a design or whether it's content or whether it's anything else, are you giving the person that's paying attention to you value? If it's an app, is it something that actually useful or, or fun or entertaining, whatever you're trying to develop? You know, if it's content, is it something that people are actually paying attention to, can get something out of and take something from and, and grow from or learn from? You know, what is it that you're creating and is it valuable to the audience that you're creating it for? That I think is nine tenths of the battle. Right, Joe, what other passive things? I mean, I don't know if you do Q&A here or not, but like passively, yeah. there's some, I mean, we could talk about this stuff all day long because there are yeah. levels and levels of passive income, yeah. right? I mean, again, you start opening up to risk tolerance. You start opening up to how much availability you have. I think some actionable plans as anybody watching or listening is how much money do I have access to? And yeah. again, don't just think in your bank account. Think in your self-directed IRA or your IRA or your 401k, your old one. 
Maybe not even mm-hmm. your new one. If it's something where you work at the job, you know, maybe it makes sense to borrow against it up to 50,000 or whatever the terms are at 2% and then figure out how to arbitrage it out for 12%. Now you net 10% on money sitting, only paying 2% to make 10. So now you're netting 8% or, you know, again, making these numbers up, whatever. You've just reminded me of something I had a conversation about two months ago. This is one of my biggest lenders, by the way. This guy lends me millions of dollars. And he was having a conversation with one of his buddies who also lends money. And he has an access to this line of credit for one of his shore houses is paid off. He's got a million dollar line of credit. He's having a conversation with this other friend. And he goes, why aren't you borrowing the, the line of credit to lend out? And he goes, I never thought about that. <laughs> he got the line of credit at like 3%. He got 12% return on his money. Sure. And he's got it sitting in the account. And he's not using it. But like, guys, a lot of people who are super educated on this stuff still don't even think about the access and the availability to arbitrage. That word arbitrage, guys, means, you know, finding ways and creative ways to make the money work. And I mean, you can Google it, but, you know, the idea behind it is taking it and finding a way to spread, you know, make a spread, right? So if you can get the money at 2% or if you can get the money at, you know, whatever, if it's making, if it's in your savings account making 0.004, or if it's in your mutual fund fixed at 3 or 4%, or if it's in your IRA and it's not making the return you want it to see, the fact is there's other ways to make money by lending it in notes. And there's other ways to make it passively and probably make a lot more than you're making now. And, you know, the idea is that there's options out there and a lot of us are falling short and it's years and years and years go by. You don't realize the difference in compound interest between, you know, 3% and 10% over the course of 10 years for 50 grand, right? Look at the difference there. It's massive, massive, massive amounts of money. Yeah. And Joe, just like, you know, for all real reasons is I still forget access to money. Like I yeah. have many IRAs I'm managing from my nieces mm-hmm. to my parents, to my wife, to my son, you know, et cetera. There's money sitting around there all the time and or coming in and out. And then my personal monies and the savings and the checking and then, you know, sales of deals and other passive. Cause you're going to get to a point where your passive is superseding your life. That's called financial freedom, by the way. And then mm-hmm. now you have 24 hours a day, seven days a week still to think about it. Here's one word I would caution you on. Please do not try to figure all this out. I'm still trying to figure it out, right, Joe? We're still trying to figure it out. Just get the money in play. Get the jitters out of you. Get into a high, high level of opportunity that exists without major risk. They're everywhere in real estate. If you're doing real estate, get in first position. Get in at 70% or lower LTV of real LTV, not ARV, whatever you want to call it, depending Mm -hmm. on what side you're looking at. And then focus on finding a great person. I like to bet on the jockeys, not the horses, if that makes sense. I like to do, actually, you can do both with real estate a little bit. The horse would be the house. The jockey would be the investor. Find someone that hasn't, you know, that doesn't just try to take advantage of people, but actually goes out there and does the work. It's hardworking. Invest in them and invest in their vision. Make 8% or 10% your first note. Learn. like You're actually getting paid to learn the process, which is pretty cool. And then yep. the money comes back six, seven, 12 months later. And then you're like, holy cow, I want to do that again. Oh, by the way, I have this much money. And then I have this much. Like, it really starts taking on a life of its own. And then you're hanging out at a cocktail party. You're talking to your friends. And now they have 250 grand in an account. They're trying to figure out how to do stuff. And now you arbitrage the environment or the opportunity. And again, this is money talk and getting smarter mm-hmm. with, you know, understanding this stuff. But I mean, it's every Joe, like it's ever, there's so much money everywhere. It's insane. Money is everywhere. When people say <laughs> that they're like, having a hard time borrowing money, they come to our events and they're like, I need lenders. I'm like, it's everywhere, guys. You got to look for it. The fact is a lot of folks have a hard time figuring out how to properly invest their money, where to put it, 
how to make good returns and, you know, how to feel you know, comfortable with it and all that type of thing. It's everywhere. And the fact is that a lot of folks don't know the, the proper way to, you know, to feel comfortable investing it in the right spots and that type of thing. But you got to find someone you're comfortable with, find someone to have a conversation with. There's a lot of seasoned people out there that have been doing this for a long time. Have a conversation with them and figure out how they're doing it and, you know, what the terms are and what it looks like. And the fact is, you know, they've been doing it for a long time and they have success at it. They're going to be confident in explaining the situation. Um, mm-hmm. If you're comfortable, you know, get involved. Yeah. I mean, Joe, there's on the passive side, you know, again, knowledging up your about money is really knowing that people need your help. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the smarter yeah. you get with money, everyone always says the money's in the money, meaning money's being made in the money because you're creating arbitrage opportunities where you're listening you're helping the guy at the cocktail party says, I'm only making 2% on my money. And then you're listening to someone like Joe says, hey, I'll loan, I'll borrow it out 12%. And then you come in and think, okay, I'll pay this guy 6%. And then I'll loan it out at 12%. You just 300% his return. And then you're mm-hmm. getting infinite return cash on cash returns because you're making a 6% spread on arbitrage. I'm not getting into legalities of how you should do that and all that. I'm just sharing like these are little things people can do to generate massive amounts. Everyone's doing it already. Your buddy's selling People a car, yeah. your other friend wants to buy a car for their kid in high school, and you're like, oh, call Steve. Steve has a car for $1,200. Steve hooks you up for 1000 because you know this guy and whatever. And the truth is, is call Steve up and say, yo, I'm going to send this guy over. It's $1,200. Sell to him for a G, send me $200. <laughs> like, yeah. that's called deal making, by the way. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. You've hooked no. the deal up. Both parties win. And everyone, you know, business has got to make money. <laughs> 100%. Hundred percent. So, Mark, I know you got a call ten o'clock. I don't want to cut you short. I'm ten ten now. I moved it to ten ten for you, just in case. All right, we're all good. Uh, (laughs) What's the best way for folks to contact you? You Have any events coming up? Anything uh, major we should review? I want to give some shout outs here while we got everybody on the on the live. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, you guys can follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Mark Evans DM. Same thing, MarkEvansDM.com. I do a thing called the Dealathon, Joe's. As you know, it's a two day event where for business owners coming in. You know, talking about high-level stuff, it's a mastermind, 12, 14 people, high-level, talking, people that get it. I'm not looking for you if you don't get it. I only want to help people that get it and help them get it more, kind of what I talked about today in the family, Joe. But just sharing that information and, like, helping guys grow, like, it's a $5,000 investment. My goal is that you make 500000 back on that investment, if not way, way more. And more importantly, work with great people. That's really what I like doing, Joe. So that's what I got going on. I don't really have anything planned. Maybe something in late February on the West Coast. I'm still working on the schedule. But um, yeah, I know, right? So Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> working it out. Nice, nice. Cool, cool. All right, guys. Well, you know where you can find me at. Live Facebook message me. If you got any information, you want some questions answered, anything like that, feel free to contact me. We got the roundtable live in Haddonfield next week, Wednesday and Thursday. It is sold out. If you nice. want to some information, if you're local, and you want to sneak in, there's some special invite-only things I got going on. You can't come to the whole event, but I got some things happening. So if you're interested and you're local, hit me up. I got some things happening after hours and then some stuff like that. So if you're watching, you've been paying attention, you know what the round table is. Again, it's for business owners only. It's a high-level mastermind group, very similar to uh, what Mark does with the dealathons. And we got an amazing group for next week, some really, really good high-end business owners flying in from all over the country. So we're going to be live in Haddonfield again. So, Mark, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for adding really incredible content and value to the folks paying attention and listening. And I really look forward to having you on again, man. It was awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. Keep me posted, guys. If there's anything I can do to help, let me know. Appreciate it, Mark. Have a great day. Yep.